Welcome to the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion of all time, that being Maine's own Limitless Wrestling. My name is Josh Nason. On this week's show, we clean some dirty laundry, we get high strung, and we also become very hard to handle. Before we begin, let me introduce the man who is always high strung, always hard to handle, and always airing his dirty laundry. It's Randy Carver. Randy, say hi to the fine people. How's it going today, Josh? It's going good. Wow, very official uh, hello there. Even though we've been talking for a few minutes, no, I know. Uh, I hey, mean, no, it's the pod now. <laughs> no, people no, have no idea. We could have just hit record, said no words. Exactly, that's true. I mean, uh, you are a man that, that airs your dirty laundry, right? Is that, is that kind of why that uh, uh, the recent show was named that? I don't know if I do that a lot. Do I? I don't know. I'm hearing uh, hearing things around town where you live. I have some uh, some spies up there, and I'm uh, sure say- you do. They say you go down to the general store and you've been just, uh, you know, talking shout in the parking lot, something like that. You know, I've been like fairly absent from the general store, uh, unfortunately, lately, but I got to get back there. My local mm-hmm. corner store, not even open right now. Burned. It <laughs> burned down. Dude, there's a there's a it's not even hilarious because it's a it's a kitchen tragedy. No one died, so it's not oh. a tragedy, but uh, their kitchen burned out. But they, they did a awesome little news piece on it with uh, a, a local who was on there volunteering every carpenter within a 15 mile radius. And we got 15, 20 carpenters <laughs> right here in town. Maybe I'll just throw in the audio of homeboy. The good cooks here, they cook pretty good food. If they decide to rebuild, there's 15 contractors right in this town that's gonna volunteer their time to rebuild it for. I don't know. It was it was good shit. Uh, I almost posted it to Twitter at like two in the morning the other day, but then I was just like, maybe this one stays in the draft. So if I'm not doing that, I don't know if I'm going around talking shit. But mm. so a few what, people did air their dirty laundry on this show. What what else is in your drafts? Anything interesting? Oh, I've got I've got some interesting drafts. That, honestly, like a lot of the drafts is me trying to format what a post is going to look like when it actually posts on Twitter because uh, it drives me insane. But uh, there's probably some good drafts in there. Mm. Someday. Someday we'll get the bigger bill when your uh, your book comes out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's a good chapter about that. Anyway, so we're uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll get right to it. So Dirty Laundry happened uh, just recently in uh, beautiful Yarmouth, Maine. And so let's, uh, let, yeah, let's start here. So uh, we always like to go kind of behind the scenes and ask uh, how everything went leading into the show. You had some some new faces, some de- uh, debutantes and all that. How did everything go leading up the show? Technical issues, travel issues, all that stuff. What do you get to tell us? It was fairly smooth. Um, we had an awesome, like, walk up at this show. It, it honestly was a little stressful like moving into the weeks ahead of the show just realizing okay maybe this isn't going to be as strong of a showing to close the year but historically december has done us well and it's done uh, a lot of walk-ups and this was no different so uh we had nearly a sellout in yarmouth uh on the third which was awesome to see and a lot of new faces a lot of returning faces too friend of the show connor mcgrath in attendance josh uh, the show that you miss Connor McGrath makes his return. He had some EWA memorabilia along with him. I think that reunion still needs to happen. I I think I saw him tweet. He didn't even get to show it to Nate Speckman either. So uh, that was cool. But and uh, also awesome reviews from the trivia 
earlier in the day at Locally Sauced with uh, Best Worst Trivia. My boy Nate uh, did some Limitless Wrestling theme trivia. I can't believe it, but Michael Labby got swayed the other way on a question and got it wrong in the Limitless category. I was blown away. Connor wow. McGrath got that question right. Connor McGrath and his partner won that trivia deal, and uh, Labby uh, got swayed off the question by... Uh, another friend of the show, Mikey, and yeah, I bet you will believe this, Josh. The other person was referee Eric Greenleaf, someone who damn well should have known the question because he's been on almost every show. But yeah. nonetheless, uh, yeah, it was uh, honestly like the things uh, extracurricular shit with the show was pretty smooth going into it. Uh, I woke up like 4 a.m. to a phone call from Beef, who was under the weather, so he did not make the trip to Yarmouth, unfortunately. But other than that, uh, we had one little hiccup with J.D. Drake flying in, but he was able to get that rectified and make it in and uh, smooth sailing from there. Yeah, good stuff. And yeah, so we I had we uh, lost Brian Keith, too, at one point. Lost him. <laughs> I thought we did. That was pretty hectic. Uh, it was about a five minute stretch where. I just didn't know what was up. Um, we had someone waiting at the airport for him, and they looked up the flight because we we had uh, split it with another promotion, and they had booked it, so I didn't have the ticket outright, but uh, <laughs> I looked it up, and he looked it up as well, the driver who was there. And we were finding that the flight was not in until like 5 p.m. in Boston, and we were like, what the fuck? It was supposed to be like a one o'clock arrival and then uh, couldn't reach him, couldn't reach the promotion that booked it. So uh, it was just like, you know, a couple couple moments of sweating it out and then uh, come to find out he had already landed. So all was well. But that's just the little shit that pops up sometimes. If you don't have, uh, you know, all your ducks in a row, you might be asking some questions for a few minutes so you get an answer. Mm. So on, on the call for the night, Johnny Torres, Sam Laterna, and the debuting Alyssa Marino, correct? Yes, dude. She did so good, too. Uh, very knowledgeable. Great flow with Johnny Torres. I think they're a great pair. I just listened to them again on uh, Pro Wrestling Grind's most recent premiere, Sinister Urge, on IWTV. But, uh, yeah, stepped in for the night. Top Shelf was uh, out on a wedding weekend in Texas. He was out on the road. We missed Top Shelf, and uh, Alyssa Marino, I think, fit very well into the scheme of things. So let's uh, recap the entire show. We'll go from uh, start to finish. Things open up with Desmond Cole, also a friend of the pod, Randy. You know, the uh, the interview we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, I thought that went uh, really well. Taking on the aforementioned Brian Keith. And again, the uh, as, I, as I wrote on the website, the incredible rookie year of the uh, Big Bufa continues. Again, this is the first time ever matchup. This was uh, Keith's first appearance in Limitless since uh, defeating, uh, unsuccessfully defeating, rather, uh, then uh, Limitless Wrestling Champion uh, Alec Price earlier this year. Again, Bufa has been on a roll and continued on a roll. I mean, this was I, – I really enjoyed this match, uh, really specifically for uh, uh, Des Cole's offense. I thought everything looked really crisp. Everything flowed. And he hit this uh, – finished things off with a, the what's, what goes up driver and then followed up by the uh, jump off. He has third straight win at Limitless. I thought he was on his game and then some. I thought Keith uh, – Brian Keith – was good and and I thought uh, even a better performance than one against uh, than Alex Price. It was just yeah, I thought this was a really great match and a really great way to open up the show. Yeah, this was a killer way to kick things off. Uh, cool to see someone like Bufa. I feel like this was really a step up in his game where it's like all right now, 
you know, as you start to string things together, uh, you feel the momentum behind someone and momentum is real, man. It can carry you. And uh, I, I think this is such a big position to have knocked out of the park, so to speak. And Brian Keith, an ultra competitor, awesome to have him back in the locker room and someone I hope to have around more in 2023. But Bufa pulling it off. Uh, another big win following the quickest win in Limitless Wrestling history. It's all pointing up for Bufa. And pointing up, Randy, at some point, you know, I know he's uh, just coming out of this rookie year. He's going to be knocking the door for a, a title shot at some point. You know, I mean, he's what, what else can he do to earn it? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's multiple people I think you can say that for. But at this point, uh, especially with a match like this under your belt and getting the job done, I think Booth has got to put himself in contention by this point. I mean, I'm going to advocate. He's my good friend, Randy. I don't know if you know that after talking with him. <laughs> Just a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I feel like I should be his advocate. I mean, no, right? I mean, that's kind of my role as his best friend ever, correct? It's very John Alba of you right now. Oh, boy. I just talked to John Alba yesterday. I'm sorry to hear. I know. I hung up on him. Anyway, <laughs> let's go. Just <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Another great debut. This was a great way. Again, I overall really love this show. I'm not just saying that. I really did. And I thought a big part of that was the way that the show opened uh, with these first two matches. Becca taking on the debut in Kylie Ray. Uh, again, Ray was making her both her main debut and her limitless debut. And she was great as advertised. Uh, this was a competitive match. And Becca, I mean, uh, Kylie Ray, rather, she got frustrated at times, despite being a, a veteran. You know, she was trying everything she could to put Becca away. Super kicks for days, flush super kicks as well. Unable to, uh, unable rather to defeat Becca. I had a nice uh, roll through cross face that Becca had to initially fight out of by biting uh, Kylie Ray's hand. Kylie Ray still got it on again. Becca was able to avoid it. And yeah, but in the end, uh, Becca picking up a huge victory, getting her second straight after hitting the 450 inside the ring, following Moonsault on the outside of the ring. And I said it was, I feel it was the company's best women's match of the year. And I think one of the better overall matches of the year in Limitless. I know we're coming up, uh, you know, in the year end awards and, and so on. This was, I thought this was great. And I thought both uh, both the uh, wrestlers uh, showed out. And I'd love to see Kylie Ray back. However, Randy, it looks like you may have got the final indie date in her career, at least to this point. Yeah, I have no idea about that. But it was uh, very cool to see her pop up. Uh, I believe it was for uh, main event taping for WWE recently. Yeah, last uh, night. Just just this past week, actually. And uh, it's, it's funny, like, that that turned out like that because literally like after the show um i always shoot the shit with pig pen about uh the matches and pig pen's one of the ringside uh cameramen uh, i talked to him always about the show the matches the flow of everything and uh he was so complimentary about kylie ray specifically about uh camera work and like going the extra mile someone who like is very like tv ready so to speak and that's not a compliment that a lot of people necessarily get, but uh, it just kind of struck me that, you know, three or four days later, there she was, you know, and mm -hmm. certainly like, uh, I, I don't know, man, what can you say about this match? It was awesome. Uh, I think exactly what Becca needed. It's been an up and down couple months for her at Limitless Wrestling. So uh, to not only beat Lufisto in October, but a win like this in such a back and forth competitive match with Kylie Ray under your belt, Awesome way to kickstart her into 2023 and uh, someone much like Desmond Cole, who I know has championship aspirations. And 
had a title match earlier this year, wants to get back to that point. This is a good way to do it and take a step forward. And can't say enough good about Kylie Ray, man, mm-hmm. from the locker room to uh, the fans who met her for the first time, many of them. Um, such a positive experience all around. And if the opportunity comes about, I hope she makes it back to Limitless again. And for Becca, obviously another big confidence boost, as you mentioned. And eventually, Randy, Ashley Box is going to probably make her way back to Limitless. And when she does, I assume these two will cross paths. We'll see where that goes. But that uh, Becca, as it leads into that, is going to have no, uh, no shortage of confidence, I would say, especially after this victory. All right. Speaking of riding highs, Channing Thomas, the first ever world-class challenge match. Of course, Channing Thomas with the one and only, thank God, Sydney Bacabella. And again, it was a, as I wrote, it was a stirring introduction by the former WWE Hall of Famer, Sydney Bacabella. And we'll see who answered the challenge. Is the returning CPA, Randy. And of course, uh, those people, uh, eagle-eyed, limitless fans will remember Nick Stapp, a.k.a. CPA, appearing at uh, last appearing on season three of The Road. And he also, and I again, this kind of goes in that what do you consider limitless canon is he wrestled at, last wrestled in Limitless at night two of the June 2019 La Kermesse Festival, teaming with Troy Nelson. So I don't know if this, I know he was saying it was his Limitless debut, but technically it wasn't. Where do you fall on that, Randy? I would say this is, uh, I, I don't know how to classify it or how people classify it. This is like his live event debut. Um, he did one of the festival shows and he was, he was quite prevalent, I would say, uh, on a couple of seasons of the road. And, uh, he was on the pandemic at the dojo tapings as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would say this is limitless live event debut. We've never seen him in like, uh, Yarmouth or Portland or Westbrook, uh, up to this point. So mm. cool to see that. All right. Well, that's a, I, I, by my goal, I have one goal in my whole life by the end of 2023, is to help you best establish what is limitless canon and what is not. That If I can accomplish that, Randy, I'm good. That's probably uh, – Michael Labby was talking to me about that the other day. Uh, he's putting together, like, a result. It's tough because, like, you think about how many layers there are. We've done, like, closed dojo tapings that are, like, YouTube releases. You know what I mean? Like, we have we did the whole uh, – closed tapings throughout the pandemic for a year plus so there's a lot of people who like came in and out of those eras alone or maybe just did festival runs who had never appeared on like a live event for yarmouth or westbrook i mean mike lavi the same guy who just lost at trivia i'm supposed to trust him like what <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here randy what Labby, are we doing lavi is more trustworthy than me sometimes on remembering some of the intricate stuff but i i think he was swayed i think he was it was town specific. It wasn't even like wrestling. It was, it was a location. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. He got swayed, outvoted. We'll we'll look at it how we will. All right. Anyway, so CPA gave Thomas all he could handle. The very uh, unusual CPA, I'll say that. Uh, very eccentric and uh, has his own style. But however, we saw the some of the seeds uh, starting to sprout here with the advice of uh, Bacabella. Uh, as uh, Channing was going to go to the top rope, Bacabella ordered him to not go through with that. Uh, Bac- uh, uh, Channing got to, got off the ropes and then almost got rolled up for a pin. However, uh, CPA uh, or uh, Thomas rather hitting a pile driver to pick up his first win in Yarmouth since August Vacation Land Cup. And of course, as I wrote afterwards, you guys go to the back and then uh, you don't mess with Sidney Bacabella, you know, and uh, a fan uh, tried to uh, grab his. Uh, his hair and got uh, got the business as a result. Don't do that, people. Just leave the performance alone. All right. My recommendation: any fans that try anything, 
I mean, yet Slade in the building, yet Ace Romero in the building. So I would say some sort of penalty box situation, maybe five minutes inside the penalty box with those guys. So that will uh, deter anyone from doing that again. Or the people I'm about to talk about next. So this was a match, Randy. This was a grudge match that had been building up on social media for months just by happenstance, someone tagging someone else. And all of a sudden it took physical form. And boy, did it ever. And I'm talking about above the rest, taking on the workhorseman first time match here at the Dirty Laundry. And I mean, for those that saw it, they know the physicality. They know the uh, brutalness of this match. They know the Anthony Henry kicks, the Tristan Ty kicks, the Gabriel Sky, uh, just J.D. Drake and, and Anthony Henry just taking it to Gabriel Sky. But his uh, comeback surviving machine gun chops, Vader bombs, uh, this nasty curb stomp to the back of his head. And in the end, it was, you know, uh, uh, let's see, the end came when uh, Anthony Henry hit an orange crush bomb on Ty in the corner, side suplex into Henry's knees, but there was a problem. Tristan Ty was an illegal man, and Drake ended up getting J.J. and getting rolled up by Gabriel Sky for the surprise win. This is an outstanding match. Uh, I'm not doing it justice. You got to see it if you haven't already. Again, the sequence of Gabriel Sky just being brutalized for minutes on end by Anthony Henry. That was uh, that was something to see, but he survived. And ATR, a big victory. And the workhorseman, J.D. Drake, had a few things to say afterwards, giving giving ATR their props in only the way that J.D. can. Basically saying, uh, you know, it, it won't. essentially, to paraphrase, it won't happen again, and we put you on a map, you're welcome, and then dropping the mic and leaving. And I have a feeling we'll see ATR in limitless again and probably the workhorseman but this was uh this is one of those matches that immediately people were thinking get the sense that they want to see a rematch at some point but we'll focus on the uh the first one to begin with this was uh this was outstanding and uh, as better than advertised yeah this was an experience man especially live i felt for gabe sky and tristan ty they went through the ringer with these two it was honestly very reminiscent to uh msp's first challenge at the workhorseman uh, Vacation Land Cup 2019, just insurmountable odds it felt like at one point. And uh, Gabe Sky, Tristan Ty, I, I think just the factor that the workhorsemen, I don't know if they knew what they were getting into with these dudes, you know, how resilient they really were. And I think you started to realize that as the match went on, they're just two dudes who won't quit. And uh, that's how they got here, and that's how they'll go further. But uh, definitely go out of your way to watch this if you haven't seen the show yet. Cool to see ATR rise to the occasion like that. You'll definitely see both these teams back. We're going to talk about actually Henry and Drake's returns here in a moment, but uh, really fun stuff here. Mm. Quite a, a little tag division you're building there, Mr. Carver. There's a lot, dude. T- tag team wrestling's awesome right now. Speckman and Greenleaf, my favorite tag team, Randy. <laughs> tag team a lot of shows this year. That's right. That's right. That and uh, I'd say Carver and Scott, another one of my favorite tag teams in, in uh, Limitless. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Let's go to another good one. Rip Bison taking on Ryan Mooney. Again, this was a pro wrestling grind showcase match and a rematch from a battle these two had earlier this year in grind, I believe in the uh, first round of the, uh, the Emerald uh, tournament that they had there. And also, this was uh, the Rabbit Honey Badgers return to Limitless after he made his debut earlier this year in a four way. Rip, of course. Coming off an October win over Kobe Christ and Mortar, and we saw him get attacked by Anthony Green after that match. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But yeah, this was Mooney. I, I he may have taken a, a couple shots of, co- of uh, coffee, high level caffeine, something like that. He was all over the place early. He was amped to say the least. 
But then he was successful until he wasn't, and that he wasn't being Rip Bison's power. And you know, Rip is a. Uh, I think we underestimate how strong he is, and he just is. He's just so strong, so powerful. But this was a battle, and afterward, you know, uh, Bison eventually picking up the win after hitting a, a Love Gun Lariat after uh, Mooney jumped off the middle ropes towards him, gained the pin and win. This was a uh, yeah really hard hitting match, and, and uh, again, uh, props to Rip for picking up the win. And afterwards, uh, Bison gave Mooney his props, saying he's loved getting to know him, wrestle him, grind is so much uh, promotion. Is, his promotion as much as it is Bison's and show a lot of respect to him. And then he turned his attention to Anthony Green, who was not in the building, which uh, Rip was sure to mention. Anthony Green! Where are you? He's not here again. Once again, he skips out on every one of you to go... Bigger and better places. Hey, AG, you know who's been here every single show for the past two and a half years through the pandemic, through the comeback, and still right here? Iron Rip Bison. Last month, you jumped me after a victory, and you decided to embarrass me with my own strap. Well, I brought a bigger one. And before you decide to run away again to Japan, to WWE, to AEW, wherever you think you can try to sit your ass back up there, before you leave in Worcester, Massachusetts, at Restival, how about you grab yourself a pair and we have a damn strap match, and we'll see how good you actually are. And so not only Rip pick up the win here, he's already looking ahead, and in, uh, in a couple weeks' time, we're going to get that in Worcester, Massachusetts, a strap match between Rip Bison and Anthony Green. Yeah, that's going to be something. Uh, obviously, he's been brewing for a few months, and uh, Anthony Green leaving him laying with his own strap and then not showing up uh, to the next Limitless show definitely didn't sit well with Ripper. And uh, I don't want to overlook the match. This was a really cool taste of what pro wrestling grind is all about. And cool to see Ryan Mooney in a singles capacity, something we hadn't seen on a Limitless wrestling show before. But uh, Ripper's on a roll right now. He's putting it together since that Anthony Green loss. And uh, it's all systems go heading into Worcester on December 31st. It's the first strap match in Limitless Wrestling since his with Big Beef. That was back, I believe it was, geez, July of 2021 at this point. So Correct. about a Correct. year and a half. Undeniable. And I saw oh, Anthony Green getting a little bit of assistance from a friend of his who put together the best of Rip Bison on a DVD set, no less. And AG, is he's not taking this one lightly. He's scouting. And we've seen these two battle before. Obviously, that this started this whole thing. And yeah, I, I will obviously talk more about High Strung in a bit, but this uh, this this should be an encounter and an encounter that Rip just can't take for granted. AG's getting ready. Yeah, they were certainly firing off some rounds on Twitter this week too. Mm. All right, let's go to the uh, the second to last match of the night. Uh, this was the let's say the Mac Daniels challenge, but essentially you know Andy Brown taking on BRG, and obviously the stip going into this, Mac Daniels was able to choose. BRG's opponent for the match, and if if uh, BRG could not defeat him, he cannot get a shot at the Let's Wrestle title as long as Mac Daniels is champion. 
And he picked, of course, the hard-hitting Andy Brown, making his return to Limos. He was supposed to obviously be a fresh blood, but could had to pull out due to COVID. But he made his uh, he made his return, and he made it a impressive one, to say the least. Just a physically imposing guy. I think someone that I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more at Limitless in uh, 2023. And again, this was uh, this was another hard hitting affair. And even though uh, Andy Brown has size on BRG, BRG stood right up to him, leveled him with a, a few shots of his own. And uh, there was a, a great Andy Brown sequence in here after an FYF, a rebound German suplex. A boss saw kicking a tiger driver that made it Mac Daniels eyes go wide because BRG was able to kick out of them. But in the end, that belt get involved again. The end came when uh, Brown grabbed the let's wrestle title to use it. Eric Greenleft got distracted, taking away BRG, then went off the ropes. And of course, Mac Daniels hooking his leg to distract him. And then you can't turn your back on Andy Brown, Brown uh, finishing him literally with his finish and punch, pinning BRG and ending his hopes at getting revenge on Mac Daniels and taking his let's wrestle title. Certainly a little bit of a surprise. I know a lot of people assumed that, you know, BRG had the momentum going and, uh, and Mac was going to be in a little bit of trouble, but Mac ended up uh, essentially helping his own cause out. And I know much probably to, to your chagrin and the, and the uh, chagrin of many others, BRG un- ineligible to get a let's wrestle title shot while Mac Daniels is champion. Andy Brown, the winner. Yeah, Mac Daniels certainly flourishes when uh, he's able to get himself involved on someone else's behalf or vice versa. Someone's able to do it for him, which uh, says a lot about the position that he's in right now, and he's able to maintain. He's able to keep BRG out of contention. And uh, a bummer, honestly, because BRG, uh, and I think people really got to see it in this match with Andy Brown, he's really putting it together right now. He's on quite a run since breaking away from prestigious and, uh, we got a good taste of that as well at the Vacation Land Cup in that triple threat with Channing Thomas and Mac Daniels. But that's the last chance he's had at Mac Daniels. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. And Andy Brown uh, continues to put himself on the map in Limitless Wrestling. It's pretty impressive. Uh, there's been a few people who have really burst onto the scene this year. And I think Andy Brown uh, has been the biggest surprise and a, and a pleasant surprise thus far. And, of course, for Mac Daniels, uh, a business relationship that's uh, worked out where this business relationship with BRG has gone sour. And finally, the main event of the night, this was another uh, another very violent match in a night of uh, very violent matches. Ace Romero defending the Limitless Wrestling Championship against Slade in a no-DQ match. Of course, Slade answering the open challenge, as we talked about before. As I wrote, this was quick, and this was violent. This involved a barbed wire uh, wrap wiffle ball bat, of sorts that Romero brought out with him and ended up getting used against him. This involved a door. This involved uh, trash cans, Legos, Randy, the dastardly Legos, not only Legos, Randy, Legos are in a Christmas cookie box. I don't think I've ever seen that in my professional wrestling watching life, but it happened right here in this match. Slade actually hit a body slam on Romero and uh, which Johnny Torres called the world's slatest slam. Maybe a uh, Slade can uh, trademark that. However, and then uh, Romero ended up getting a uh, getting a death drive, yeah, death valley driver on Slade through the door that's perched in the corner. However, Slade is insane, and he was able to kick out at two. And then these two started trading shots, but Romero, in the end, just uh, winning the battle of attrition, hitting his uh, big lariat for the pin and the win. Another successful title offense, and with a win again, Romero wraps up another notable year in Yarmouth, Maine, and he looks ahead. To the future in Limitless Wrestling, this was, uh, again, a, a short match, but it was uh, an intense one. And at the end of the day, Ace Romero is still, Randy, 
your Limitless Wrestling World Champion. I think this was big for Romero, uh, something to prove here in a match that was totally different than the first two defenses on this run thus far for Romero. Uh, we saw Ichiban in Enfield, Connecticut. We saw Brad Hollister of Fresh Blood and then Slade stepping into a totally different world that's, uh, you know, not foreign necessarily to Romero, but, you know, a definite change in pace from where he's been lately. And Slade on a roll. Uh, last time we saw him was in that crazy one with Manders back in May. So we knew this one was going to be off the hook a little bit. But, uh, yeah, this one was wild. I uh, did not expect the Legos necessarily to come out to play, but uh, Romero picking up another big win over the crazy horse Slade and moving forward into 2023. And the future holds, at least uh, we'll talk about High Strong in a minute, back in Yarmouth, Saturday, January 21st. And the big announcement, Randy, you did not disappoint. We talked about it here. It was talked about on social and all over the place. A wrestling legend making their debut, and that wrestling legend was Ricky Morton. Randy, let's talk about Ricky Morton, then we'll talk about who else got to add to the show. Oh, I'm stoked, dude. Uh, one half of the legendary Rock and Roll Express, of course. Uh, I was able to meet Ricky and Carrie uh, earlier this year. I guess it was this year. Um, they did a local show in Brewer, Maine, and uh, I was able to hang with them for a couple hours and uh, just shoot the shit and great people. I had never met ricky morton up to that point and uh awesome to see that he's still going and going strong it's kind of crazy to see so uh i've been working to try to get him in pretty much since i met him that day so i'd say eight or nine months to this point so uh finally comes to fruition in january and uh, i couldn't be more excited to have him in the house mm. so we're talking about well actually we'll get to we'll get to our, let's just talk to our hard to handle right now um so that's the name of the show hard to handle saturday january 21st 7.30 p.m. at the Yarmouth Amvets in Yarmouth, Maine, also on IWTV.com. Front row tickets are sold out. Of course, tickets are available at LimitlessWrestling.com slash tickets. Again, the legendary Ricky Morton debuts. And his son, NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kerry Morton, also making his debut. I believe it's, uh, yeah, his, his debut as well. I I, didn't, I thought the, when I was looking at cage match, I did not see the Brewer match listed. So I initially thought this was his First match in Maine since a Smoky Mountain Wrestling tag team title match at the Civic Center while WWE was doing that uh, that thing against um, uh, Well Done back in the day. Wow, no shit. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, geez, I want to say it was January of this year. Uh, it was uh, Ricky and Kerry versus uh, the competition of Champ Matthews. And I believe... Jeez, I want to say it was Connor Murphy, but he might have been hurt at the time. Maybe it was Mark Moman. Uh, hmm. One or the other. I'll have to find that out. But, yeah, it was definitely within the past calendar year Ricky and Carrie were in town. But uh, never to Yarmouth, Maine. And R Ricky hasn't been to Maine much in general. No. So, yeah, I looked up in cage match. It was uh, September 1993. Well done. Stephen Dunn and Timothy Well defeating the Rock and Roll Express by countout. At a, uh, this was taped for WBF All-American Wrestling. The Civic Center in Portland, Maine. So obviously, it was part of a, a bigger taping there. That's uh, that's part of Maine history. I'm sure Labby knew that. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> when he listens to this. He's gonna be hot. I love it. I love it. But yeah, so we have uh, obviously Kerry Morton uh, returning, and then this one I'm excited about. I talked about his obviously return to the promotion coming up at High Strong, but his first time back in Yarmouth since losing the Limitless Wrestling World Title. Alec Price, the prize, is coming back. And then also another debut. This is person has been uh, working a ton of indies, also has been on 
some of the AEW dark shows. Janai Kai, the, a.k.a. the Kick Demon, and another time. We'll talk about this. High Strung, coming up Saturday, December 31st at 4 p.m. at the White Eagle in Worcester, Massachusetts as part of Restival. There are weekend packages and individual show tickets available on shopiwtv.com. And we've talked about a couple of the matches already. We'll go over the lineup here. As it stands today, we'll talk more about this, obviously, as the show gets closer. But Anthony Green taking on Rip Bison in a strap match. The aforementioned Alec Price taking on his mentor, Mike McCarthy, the Massel. Let's talk about this real quick, Rain. Did, did, uh, so did Mike train Alec? What's the story here? Mike, uh, he definitely was a guiding light and a mentor for Alec as he was really getting his wheels moving in the independent wrestling scene. Uh, Masshole was so instrumental. I think, like, I'm just thinking out loud right now, we need to have Mike on the podcast before this match takes place. Um, but Mike was just instrumental getting that crew of, uh, like, Bell Time Club students, which Bell Time Club... Uh, different people training in there such as like a jason rumble uh bo douglas i know benny jooks did a did a majority of alex training as well but masshole was kind of their link to some of the promotions on the outside of their world in massachusetts and uh masshole was the link for us to bring in an alec price to let's wrestle a channing thomas to let's wrestle brandino davis um, and numerous others throughout the years, like it still continues to this day. We did that fundraiser show for Eric Johnson last month, and we literally did a battle royal that had four people I had never met before that Mike vouched for and Brandino vouched for. Like that, that link still continues. But Mike, uh, he was really the first link of the chain, so to speak, and uh, is why I even know Alec Price. And uh, got a lot of those guys started and at least maybe got them a match on like a Let's Wrestle show or even other shows that were up in this area, um, IWE or, uh, working for Jason Rumble or whatever it may have been. So, uh, I don't know, just really cool that, especially like at this juncture of everybody's career and life, uh, that we can have this match. Mike's back wrestling again and fucking doing great. And Alex on like on untouchable right now. And, uh, it's, it's cool. Cause like, this is also something that played out through the years and let's wrestle and Alec, uh, you know, rose from Let's Wrestle to Limitless Wrestling, stuck there, became champion, went to the top. Uh, and Mike was Let's Wrestle champion as well. That's something that Alec was gunning for pre-pandemic. And they were, you know, they were set to have a match, uh, you know, pandemic summer for Let's Wrestle, a uh, big title match. So to be able to have this now, I think for people like long term, who have been paying attention and investing in those guys and watching their shit and they know the deal. Uh, it's a very meaningful contest. And I think we'll touch on it maybe in the coming weeks with Mike. Sounds good. Also, uh, match year in the making, Kevin Blackwood taking on Anthony Henry. We talked about that before. A new one made just this week, Jody Threat taking on Ava in a rematch. J.D. Drake versus Andy Brown. You have Haas Fight written here. I couldn't agree more. It's an unofficial match, uh, match for the unofficial Haas Fighting Championship in Limitless. This is the match I think I saw it best described. I didn't know that I needed it until I saw it listed. And this is going to be this is going to be pretty awesome. Andy Brown quietly has won two straight matches in Limitless. And uh, not only that, good showings every single time and someone who can definitely square up in a striking contest with someone like J.D. Drake. So uh, Drake's someone looking for a rebound, too, coming off this above-the-rest loss, return to singles competition. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, well, you can obviously get tickets for that. Obviously get tickets for 
hard to handle. You can watch dirty laundry. Um, and I think that's about it for next time you hear from us. As I mentioned last time, we're going to do some, we're going to do the Ask Limitless show <laughs> or the, uh, yeah, Ask Limitless show. And we're going to answer some, uh, some more of your questions, the ones that we did before. I'm going to string all those together. And I guess we'll do any, any uh, card updates or anything like that at that point. And then, yeah, hopefully maybe for the week after we can do uh, uh, to talk to uh, Mike McCarthy for, for a little bit and, and get some stories there and kind of update uh, anything for the shows and any other plugs or anything, Randy? I know we got IWTV, Pluto TV, PMC Channel 5, 830 in Portland on Fridays and replays all throughout the week. Anything else to talk about? I think you hit pretty much everything right there. And also, you and I have not talked about this yet, but we should be thinking about the year-end awards uh, in January because I, I assume there may be some candidates for match of the year at this December 31st show. So I, I think we should, uh, if we're going to start, if we're going to do that again, uh, January, correct? I think we'll be talking about them next week, actually, Josh. Next week? Oh, I think so we'll at least be getting the categories out there next week. Yes, I like that. I like that. Categories and, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think putting that show in the 31st, I think yeah, I think there's going to be some some match of the year candidates and and things like that. So that should be pretty exciting there. And yeah, uh, if you also are listening for any other uh, audio content to fill the time between you know the Limitless Wrestling podcast, I'm doing a year in review in pro wrestling uh, for the Wrestling Observer website. I'm doing it's a 12 part series every single month, Randy. I'm going through like 500 headlines per month and getting all the big stories, all the different stuff that happened, everything that we forgot about. Is covered in there, so I'm really proud of those. Uh, the aforementioned John Alba is actually on the July one. That'll be out by the time you hear this, and the rest of them, yeah, they're all they're all really good. So definitely uh, check those out. You can obviously check everyone out, uh, everything out rather on LW Main on Twitter, Limitless Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Let's Wrestle 207 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Randy underscore Carver LW on Twitter. Josh Nason on Twitter. And LimitlessWrestling.com for all your ticket and merchandise needs because, Randy, I don't know if you knew this, Christmas is coming up. And Hanukkah is here, coming up. And all these holidays. So what better gift than the gift of Limitless Wrestling? Am I correct? Hey, we've had a lot of stuff going out the past two weeks, honestly. Hats, T-shirts, sweatshirts. So now is the time. My personal plea, keep Randy busy going to the post office every single day and get him out there. And just keep buying stuff, right? I mean, get you out of the house. Let's do it up. I need to be out of the house. Especially because it's cold. Anyway, for Randy Carver, I'm Josh Nason. Until next time, be limitless.